0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization,
1: and productivity as a teacher. Bridget and I, over the years, have both struggled with planning week to week, that was Bridget, or even day to day, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) But we know how stressful it is and learning how to actually get planned far ahead took so much of the overwhelm off of our plates. So today we are going to share our best strategies to help you get ahead in your planning. But first, we're going to hear a TSH
0: from Liz. Liz says, lately, I think my biggest struggle is wildly underestimating how much time is appropriate for a task. I'm like Michelle in that once I start a task, I love to see it all the way through to the end, but I often get stuck, sucked in and spend way too much time on one thing. For example, the other day I started working on some slides that give an overview of my syllabus for the new school year, which I didn't expect to take too long since I already had a working draft from last year. Four hours later, I threw that threw that in there. Guess well, four hours. No, I was still putting on the finishing touches. yikes (laughs) yikes
1: <laughs> so as i read this tsh i was like this resonates with me and then i realized it's because yeah. she said i'm like michelle and i was like oh yeah, yeah this this is totally something i do so my first tip is to decide before you actually start that task how long you're willing to dedicate to it or how long you have in your schedule to dedicate to it And hold yourself accountable. Like, set a timer. And when that timer goes off, you need to pivot and do something else. By doing that, it's gonna focus, it's gonna force you to focus on the most important part first. So, if you're making a set of slides, just get the information on the slides first. Then you can go through and quote unquote make them cute or make them look the way that you want. And then there will be times where, You set a timer for an hour and you're just still not done and that's fine, but take a break, go do whatever else you need to do and come back to it. I've had to do this with myself a lot lately where I will start something and I want to spend all night on it, but I have to like go to the gym and I have to shower and I have to eat dinner. And so I will take a break, get those things done, and then I will allow myself to keep working on it for a little while later, but I usually come into it with a different perspective after taking some time off. Bridget, what about you? Like how do you tackle this?
0: So, I'm a little bit different in the sense that I like to bounce. So, especially when I feel like I'm I'm taking too long on a specific task itself, I will step away from it because a lot of the times I feel like I'm just redoing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And it's not making any progress. I'm not making progress. You Mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then I will kind of go off and I will either clean or I'll, I guess it's kind of the same thing that you're saying, where you go do something different to step away from that specific task itself. Um, But I have a problem with putting too I guess it's the same thing where you're just putting too much time and I will say oh this project's gonna take me like a week or two weeks but then it ends up taking me three weeks four mm, weeks mm-hmm. five weeks um, but not because I stay focused on it for so long it's because I don't have the picture or I can't envision where I'm going yeah so I feel like it goes back to our last conversation where it's like you have to know your why. You have to know what is the end result that you really want it to look like. And so if I'm able to sit there and just really type something out, map it out, or draw it out on a notebook or something, that will typically help me get it done a little bit faster. But a lot of the times it's just because I I kind of know what I want, but I don't really have everything exact.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? That does. It's interesting because That almost means like you have uh you have a a more struggle with on the the oh my gosh words are not finding me I know yours is like like more bigger picture too like yours is I don't know how long this is gonna take on like a weekly basis right versus I think I struggle more with I'm sitting down and I'm going to work on it until it's done but yeah you know if that's like ten hours (laughs) yeah so it's interesting. I'm like, I'm ready for bed. (laughs) Yeah. So there's different kind of, I guess, uh, ways that that could maybe be a struggle for people. But I think either way, it's also about like learning from yourself the last time. And so knowing like, okay, last time I thought it was going to take a week, but it really took three. Maybe I should schedule in more time than what I think I need until you find that like sweet spot, like Goldilocks. Yeah, for sure
0: um so today our I I think I really want to kind of hit on the beginning piece of our podcast um it really I helped us learn how to get ahead in our planning in the classroom um with the with like the added piece of the podcast like on our plates a couple of years ago we were forced to really be efficient we had to create a plan we had to record a month at a time because aint nobody got time to record every single week. Michelle and I were both in the classroom. We were doing it. Our schedules were super busy. We were going through grad school at the same time. What in the world possessed us to do this, actually, (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it? That was a lot. Um, And we really had to work at establishing a system for getting it all done. And so at the start of September, we had the rest of the podcast episodes for the year already planned out, which was insane. So we're planned all the way until January. Yeah.
1: Now, as Bridget's saying this, you're like, but Bridget, I'm not starting a podcast. I know. We're not telling you to start a podcast, but the point of this is that this taught us the components that go into getting ahead in any kind of planning, because whether we're planning for a podcast or planning lessons, it's all planning, right? It's taking the time to figure out what you're going to do. And when we figured out those components and applied it to our teaching It revolutionized our productivity. So in this episode, we're going to share five strategies that we learned through personal experience that you can now use to get ahead in your planning. So we're going to share this as a quote-unquote five-day plan, which makes me think of the office episode when he's up at the shareholders meeting and he's like, it's a 30-day plan, 30 points, one point per day. <laughs> so this doesn't have to be done in five days. You might need to spread these days out because some of the days like require a lot of time and you may not have that right now. So it's okay if this Five day plan becomes like a month plan to get ahead for the rest of the year. That's still going to be productive for you. So Mm -hmm. don't get discouraged if you're like, I can't do it in five days. It's okay. This is just one way, it doesn't have to be your way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump into the first component of this, and that's to map out a scope and sequence. Now, in episode 143, plan your entire year in one day. Yes, really. We talked all about planning out a scope and sequence. Um, So, definitely go and check that episode out so that you can get a little bit more information before you jump into this piece here. So, you want to think of this as your roadmap so that you have an idea of where you're going. And you might need to shift for like road closures or traffic delays, but it's going to be there to give it to you as like a guide.
1: Yeah. So when Bridget says, because I felt like she had this kind of confused look on her face when she was like, road closures, traffic delays. How does that? I remember
0: Michelle was like, she's like, I like connections. And I'm like, yep. Okay. Road closures, traffic. I get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like when we say road closures, that really means like you have to pivot and go another direction. And sometimes if you have a scope and sequence of the you know, progression of your lessons, you mm-hmm. might need to pivot and maybe spend an extra day on a topic that you didn't anticipate being a struggle for your students or yeah. traffic delays. There are going to be things that come up that interrupt your schedule or unexpected events that you have to take care of, snow days, etc. and that's going to change your quote-unquote roadmap or your scope and sequence, but it's still there as a guide. And so you can still reference it and just make small changes as needed. When you know where you're going, when you know that final destination, it is so much easier to plan those little steps along the
0: way. So you can do this um, right inside of your monthly calendar. So if you open up your planner, if you have a digital planner, I we suggest that this is just so much more um, e- it's easier to use within a digital planner. You can go and check ours out on teaching on double dot com forward slash store. Um, but if you do this digitally, it's going to be easy for you to shift things around if needed. So On your monthly calendars, you're going to start to create this scope and sequence where you're going to just take a day, sit down and look at what is the year going to look like? Where am I going? And again, if you want to have a more detailed idea of what this looks like, go back and check out episode 143, plan your entire year in one day. Yes, really.
1: Now, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will discuss that second step. So this is going to be day two of your five-day plan in order to get planned ahead. Bridget, it's October, and that means it's spooky season. Do you know what's super scary?
0: Yeah. Walking through a haunted house and something brushes against your ankle.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that too. But also, (laughs) this is your last chance to grab our 2022-2023 digital teacher planners before they're gone forever. Oh, that is scary.
0: Where can everyone grab one before they disappear into the night? (laughs)
1: <laughs> or at least disappear from the internet, right? You can grab one on our website at teachingonthedouble.com slash store, along with our digital stickers and new planner inserts that can be used again and again in any digital planner. So what you're saying
0: is that teachers should trick or treat themselves before the end of the month?
1: That's right. Head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash store and grab your 2022-2023 digital planner before it's gone. All right, we're back, and step number two, which is going to be done on day number two, is to start with a template or structure y'all have heard us talk about templates so many times and that's because Mm -hmm. they do save you so much time with our podcast bridget and i have a template for the outline of all of our podcast episodes and so all we have to do is go in and fill in the little parts we also have a template for planning out like the entire year and what podcast episodes we're doing each month and that is why we are able to get this done on top of everything else we have going on you already know each lesson that you're teaching should follow a similar structure. So, if you think about each math lesson, you're probably starting with like a warm up. Maybe you have a number sense routine. Maybe there's like a whole group lesson, and then you pull students for a small group. The same is true for each science lesson, each reading lesson, each social studies lesson, and so on. Once you have this structure determined, you know exactly what parts you have to plan. You're not starting with a blank slate. Instead, you have this template or this structure, and that's going to speed up the planning process. I definitely think of it like a plug and play, right? Like Mm -hmm. once you have
0: it, you just put the little things, the little changes every single week, but that's all that you're really doing. Yeah. So this is really going to, make things go so much more faster for you. And you can create a template for your actual planning, but also for each component of your lesson. So some examples are like your slide templates, your organizers, Um, we have created a whole set of lesson planning, organizing templates that are inserted into any digital planner, but our digital planner is the best. Uh, We also have like the unit planning inserts that you can use as well. So definitely go and check those out because we think that it's going to completely revolutionize the way that you plan, having it all in one little space. You can see those in um, our store, which is teachingonthedouble.com forward slash (laughs) store. Now, we also have an episode, episode 140, which is called The One Thing Holding Your Lesson Planning Back. And here is where we really talk about establishing a structure so that way you know exactly what you're going to be teaching each day. So spend one day deciding on the structure for each of your subjects and creating planning templates and any other templates that you might need to make your planning time go so much quicker.
1: So just to review really quickly, day one is when you're mapping out that scope and sequence. Mm -hmm. Day two is when you are creating a structure for each subject that you teach and creating those templates that are going to go along with it. Step three, or day three, is to utilize batching. Now, we have talked about batching a lot, but we've actually never gone into depth, or at least not the level of depth that we want to go into. So stay tuned for our next episode. It is going to be batching 101. However, if this is the first time you're hearing that term, batching is when you complete The same task, but you do it for multiple things all at once. So think about it like laundry. Instead of washing one sock at a time, first of all, you would have time to do nothing else in your life if that's how you did your laundry. Instead, you're going to wait until you have a whole basket or like three or four baskets, no shame, Mm -hmm. and you're going to wash it all at one time. The reason we recommend doing this is because it saves you so much time. You only have to set up for the task you're batching once. Once you actually start it, your brain can focus on it. And then when you go to clean up the task, you're only doing it once. So for example, when Bridget and I podcast record, we have to like get out our podcast equipment, plug it into the computer. Mm -hmm. That takes time. It's not a lot of time, but if we were to do that on a weekly basis over time, we would be wasting all of that time. I've used the word time like 10 times, but you know what I mean? There you did not again. <laughs> I know, I knew it was coming. You would waste time with setting it up and then cleaning it up. And plus, Bridget and I can sit here and record four to five podcast episodes and keep our brain focused on it rather than only doing one at a time. I just feel like that's not utilizing yeah. our brain to its full capacity.
0: Well, if you, would, if you would think about it, like if we did a podcast Episode every single week. That would be us like sitting down, planning out the podcast episode or coming up with the idea first, then planning out the podcast episode and then recording it and then editing it and then doing that all over again. I would feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I It would not make podcasting fun at all yep. <laughs> if we did it that way. Um, so you really want to think about batching your lesson plan components. And what we mean by this is like planning all your warmups in together, planning all your small groups together, um, batching making copies, batch your creating like when you create your slides, batch getting all the materials prepped. This way your brain is already focused on that specific task that you can do it across multiple subject areas. But because I'm just sitting here making copies of just everything, it's going to make it so much easier instead of me trying to plan everything and do everything for one subject area. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Now, if you need to, recruit some help. Um, If you can find a parent volunteer, find a parent volunteer. And guys, your parents don't need to come to the school to help you. There are so many parents out there that are like, yep, just send a laminator home or, or send some scissors, send the things that need to get cut. I will do it. Like they will help you in other ways. Like I used to have Uh, just a little bag and it was like my little VIP bag and inside that I would put my notes, all the materials that they would need and I would send it home with the kid and they would just bring it back the next day. So be a little bit more creative You could even get your students to help you with certain things, Mm -hmm. your own kids, your husband, if he'll help you with certain things. Y'all, teacher husbands are the
1: best. Like, seriously, they help you with all the things. Yeah, I think back to when Billy and I started dating, because we started dating in December of 2013, and I started my student teaching in January of 2014, so like right after And bless his heart, because there was one night I was student teaching in first grade and we were doing a shark unit and I decided to make these shark hats using party hats and gluing little paper triangles to make the shark teeth in the front of it. Stop it. And he sat there. It was like midnight and we're gluing these little paper triangles to make these shark hats. (laughs) That is so cute. So the fact that he stuck around after that, like, bless his heart. Okay, now. The one caveat is that you can only do this if you are planned ahead. You can't batch copies if you don't know what copies you're going to need yet. So this works in conjunction with the other strategies and making sure you're taking that time to have a template so that you can get more planning done and having that scope and sequence so you know exactly where you're going. And we also talked about this in the last episode, episode 145, having that monthly routine Mm -hmm. so you can kind of set your intentions for the month and make sure that you're doing the right things because you can never do everything, but you can choose to do the right things. And if you're sitting there thinking, okay, Michelle and Bridget, I just can't plan several weeks in advance we're going to challenge that thinking just a little bit your sequence or your progression of lessons and standards does not change We're not saying that you have every lesson planned out in detail at the start of the year, but you do have that scope and sequence. You have that progression of lessons that is not going to change. You can still make minor adjustments and changes as you go to your lessons, depending on how your students are doing. We're not saying like, just have the lesson and give it to your students no matter what. You can make those small changes, but at least having that plan and that guide and that basic idea of what you're doing Will make your life so much easier. Trust us. So,
0: as you were saying that, I was thinking of the Yoda quote, and I'm probably going to ruin this Yoda quote, but in my head, I was like, there is no can't, there is only do. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably not right. Somebody's probably yelling at me right now. Sorry, guys. Okay. So, the next day in this like five day plan is to reuse basic activities and strategies. Now, We talked all about this in episode 141, Lesson Planning 101, How to Plan More Lessons in Less Time. Here's the thing, guys. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. (laughs) You don't need to have something brand new every single day for the entire year. You are going to overwhelm yourself. You're going to overwhelm your students and you are going to make things so much harder in the end. The same teaching strategies can be used over and over again, but they can also be used for any subject area. So here you can think about things like think, pair, share, or turn and talk. You can use that for so many different areas. Maitre d', which did you know about maitre D? I did have not. You- no. Know. So maitre d' is one that I use quite a bit just because I, I do really like it. But let's say you have some discussion questions and you want to make things a little bit more fun. What you do is you will have your students stand up, and you will tell them that they are kind of at like a cafe, and they're just like walking around waiting for a table. And so they're walking around the classroom. You can have music going. I usually try to find like a cafe music or something. And then when the music stops, I will say table of table for three, and then my kids need to create a group of three, and they have to do it with the kids that they're around. Which hence the necessary of them walking around the classroom. So they'll make a group of three. I'll give them the discussion, what question they will discuss. And then I will put the music back on. They will start walking around again. Then I might stop it and say table of two. And then I might either have them use the same discussion discussion question or give them a brand new one. It's just a different way of turn and talk or mm-hmm. think, pair, share. It, that's all it is. It's a different way of doing it. You also have the graffiti wall,
1: which I think, Michelle, that was your idea. Yeah, and I've seen this done a lot of different ways. Basically, when students create a graffiti wall, it's where they're all just jotting down, almost like a brain dump, all of their thoughts and all of their ideas on a big sheet of like butcher paper so Mm -hmm. I know we always had rolls of butcher paper by like the art room or in the teacher's lounge you can take these and put them up on the wall and if it's black ones you can give students like chalk to write on it with Mm -hmm. just to make it a little bit fancier but you could also take these and put them at like student groups and you can either have the students move from graffiti wall to graffiti wall so maybe each one has a different question they're responding to or you can have them stay in the same place and you can move the actual papers around But then you just kind of go over them as a class. And it's great because students can kind of write their ideas on there almost like anonymously. And so because it's done so fast, like students just write down their ideas and then you discuss them as a class and they don't feel like intimidated to share in front of everyone.
0: A great way to build like that background knowledge, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. It's a great way of doing it. Um, Another idea is to do four corners, which I'm assuming that this is just like the game. I've done a version of this, so you'll have to correct me, Michelle, if I'm wrong. But for four corners, you might have four different responses that kids can do. And so you can either put a question up on the board or have something where then they have to decide which corner is going to be that specific answer or how Mm -hmm. would they approach it. And they would walk from one to the other. Am I yep. correct?
1: Yep. Awesome. And I think it's easiest to label the corners like A, B, C, D, or one, two, three, four. And then you just have a slide where you have like the question and then maybe the four possible answers listed yeah. next to each number. That way you're not like relabel that relabeling them every time.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I've done ones where it's like agree, um, disagree, mm-hmm. strongly agree, strongly disagree. Like those are kind of another option. I did that more in like a upper elementary realm just because it was like evidence that we were looking for. So, mm.
1: yeah. And I would always kind of pit my groups against each other. So they would have to really defend <gasps> like their Ooh. corner and, So a lot of them, so for example, theme. If we were determining the theme for a story, we would maybe as a class discuss possible themes. We would narrow it down to four and then the students would go to the corners and they would have to fight for their theme and why they thought that was the theme of the story. And so they're pulling in that evidence and like, I'd give them time to like meet together and they'd all like huddle and find their evidence. And then they're like coming at the other groups and it's just.
0: Love that. Can I steal that? I'm going to go for it. Totally using that. Um, So you want to spend an hour or two creating lists of these uh, strategies and It could be lists like ways to practice a group, ways to build background knowledge, partner activities, independent activities. So create these individual lists and you might even find that some of these activities will go for multiple categories, which Mm -hmm. will be even better. So if you need a template, this is when you create it now and then keep all of those templates inside of a Google Drive folder. So that way you can easily make copies and tweak them where you need to tweak them. When you're planning, you can reference your list and find a strategy that will work best. Or if you haven't used it in a while to keep things like engaging and refreshing and like just easier on you.
1: Yeah, I know when we sit down to plan, we sometimes forget about those activities. So having a list and being able to go, okay, I want my students to practice in partners. How can I make this more engaging? I know for math, one of my favorites was rock, paper, scissors. Basically, I created a template that was just a one pager and it had two different sides. So one partner would have the left side, one partner would have the right side, and it would have a list of problems. So I would just change out the problems each time. So the two students would do rock, paper, scissors. Whoever won got to solve one of their problems. And they would go back and forth. And they were trying to race the other person to finish all of them. So they they wanted to to win. Yes, they (gasps) wanted to win. Fine. Yeah. And like, that was super easy. And I had a basic template. All I had to do was change out the problems like that, you know, saved me a lot of time and it was engaging for them. All right. Template queen. I expect to see that one soon. (laughs) Yeah. I probably should get that one up. (laughs) That would be fun. All right. So let's just recap one more time. Day one is when you are mapping out that scope and sequence. Day two is when you are creating the structure for your lesson and any basic templates that you would need for that, such as like slide templates or organizers. Mm -hmm. Day three, you're going to start batching some of those tasks. Day four, you're creating those lists of activities and strategies that you can use again and again, and creating the templates that will go with it. So finally, day five, we're actually going to kind of take some of the pressure off you if you're feeling a little stressed and overwhelmed. Day five is all about giving your students more control. You have to remember, teachers are facilitators of learning. Your students should be doing most of the work. And I personally think that not only applies to their learning, but also their role in the classroom. So make things more simple for you by having your students take on more responsibility. If you're going to have them play a game and maybe they have to cut out like cards for it, Have them do that. It's gonna be much faster for a class of like 30 kids to cut out these cards versus you cutting out 30 sets of them. So you give them the sheet, they quickly cut them out and they start playing. You can also use student work samples. So rather than like trying, I used to do this, and I don't know if this was just a me problem, but if we were working on a writing assignment, I would make like a fake writing example to look at. Yes. No, like use ones that your kids have done and save them for the next year, right? Like scan it, put it in your Google Drive, and that way you have student work samples. You can also have student-led lessons. This is especially great for your high flyers So whichever students are performing really well for that skill, have them plan out like a review game or even like a little mini lesson that they're going to do that way they're Deepening their knowledge, but then they're also going to teach it to the class. And there's just something about kids learning from other kids Mm -hmm. versus just the teacher. It's it's powerful. Uh, Bridget, what are a few other ones that teachers could do?
0: You can have students make anchor charts. So one that I recently did was have my kids make genre charts for our library. So instead of me just purchasing some or me creating them as I'm talking about them, I had students become you know the masters of a specific genre, and they created a chart. And then now we're going to have it posted up in our library, which is really helpful. You can have students make games. Um, this is a really great great way to end a unit activity. And so you can have students um, as like the final culminating, like here's like what you're gonna do. They can create a game and then other students can end up playing it inside of you know that lesson if they wanna be able to review information. Um, You can also have students create center activities. So instead of you having like a list of task cards or something that you've now created, laminated, cut out all of the things, have them create things. So you can tell them, um, if you're going to look at a character, here's a center, you're going to read the story and I want you to create a character poster. And so that's much easier because it's less things for you. They get to be a little bit more creative, which Kids need opportunities to be creative. If we Mm -hmm. give them everything done from like even the outline of cutting something out, we're never allowing them to show their creativity. And kids are flipping creative when Mm -hmm. you let them be. Some kids need to be helped, (laughs) but um, those are just some really easy ways for you to create those centers or have extra activities without you putting in a lot of work. Now, this does take time to build up. You have to support you have to guide students along the way. Do not expect that your kids are gonna do this right at the very beginning of the year because it's not gonna happen unless your school decides that they're gonna make it an initiative to really build up kids and make, make learning about them versus it just being kind of that old whole group, you know, small group model. So if your students are, do, are used to doing most of the work Again, it's gonna take them time. You're gonna have to transition them, guide them along the way, start small and build. I promise you, it is gonna be so worth it in the end.
1: Yep, put in that time at the beginning of the year, getting them used to that, and then your job will be so much easier later on. So a quick recap of those five strategies, or those five days if you're choosing to do it that way. Step one, map out your scope and sequence. Number two, start with a template or structure. 3 utilize batching 4 reuse basic activities and strategies and five, give your students more control. We did mention those other podcast episodes, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts, but you can also find them on our website, teachingonthedouble.com. If you also click the store button up at the top, you can check out our digital planners along with those lesson planning inserts, those unit planning inserts. We've got stickers. You also can submit your own TSH on our website by clicking the TSH button at the top and you have a chance to be featured in future episodes. If you have not already subscribed to the podcast, please do, okay? I know on Apple Podcasts, it's just a little like plus sign up in the corner, but you're basically telling Apple Podcasts, hey, I like this podcast, so can you like automatically download like the new episodes when they're released and notify me? Yeah, just do that. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And it's going to keep you up to date on all of our episodes, which we do drop new episodes every Thursday morning. And if you do listen through Apple Podcasts, we would love, love, love if you left us a review on iTunes. We check them and read them all. And that's going to help our podcast be able to get into the ears of more teachers. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.